Hello, hello everybody going live for Tuesday Talks. Today we have an amazing uh, entrepreneur coach called Todd. Uh, I'm not going to try to pronounce his second name. Uh, and uh, Todd is an international speaker and a executive coach. Uh, you know, Todd is helping organizational leaders uh, master change and uncertainty to grow the bottom line uh, and champion the development of their employees. So let's uh, get Todd on here and see uh, what is this all about. Hi Todd, how are you doing? Good afternoon, how are you doing? But you're the best person to obviously introduce yourself better and do more justice than what I did. Um, so I'll throw the mic at you and so, you know, let us know who you are, what you do. And uh, the biggest question is, why do you do it? <laughs> oh, great questions. Great way to start. Well, thanks so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. So Todd Kukan is my name. I live in uh, Wisconsin, north central United States. We're about equal, about three hours east of Minneapolis to give people an, an idea. But what I really love doing is adding, adding value to others. And I do that through my business, my entrepreneurial business. I focus on leadership development, corporate culture, things like that. Uh, do a lot of speaking, coaching, teaching, training. Uh, to get the word out and, and try to help people. Amazing. So the question would be, what got you into it is, uh, what's the motivator behind you doing what you're doing? I, uh, I spent a lot of years in the nonprofit world uh, throughout my career, the majority of my career. I started out teaching and coaching sports, and I got into the nonprofit world. And through result of that, I came through across a lot of different people who were my mentors and leaders and about four and a half years ago, I was introduced to John Maxwell, and I'm assuming a lot of people have heard of John. He's an international leadership speaker and went to one of his programs called Live to Lead and heard him speak for the first time. And he was turning around 70, I think, at that point in time. This was a few years ago. And uh, he just said, you know, I really haven't accomplished much in my life. or I haven't accomplished everything I want to accomplish. And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, you know, he'd written 80 books and he's got thousands of people he mentors and coaches and he's impacted across the world. And like, I got a little bit of room to work. So that really impressed me that he, at that age he was still going strong. And then the second thing was the work he's been doing in other countries in training leaders to train their people to be leaders. And I thought, what a great way to spread your word and spread your message and, and really spread your legacy. So that was my start four and a half years ago and did a lot of work with John and his team. I'm still part of the team. Uh, those years. And now since that time, I've brought on a lot of other people and, you know, Simon Sinek and Patrick Lencioni and relying a lot of mentors from different groups. And, and it's just been, it's been a great journey and really became a passion of mine to be, to be someone who works in leadership development. Wow. That's, that's such an amazing story. And, uh, and, you know, the interest that you have to build that uh, leadership uh, and to help others out there to, to, to help themselves as well. Um, I think you, you had a little glitch there. Are you st you're still there with us or? Yes, I'm still here. Oh, okay. You, you're still there because yep. you, you were frozen on my side. So I wasn't, I wasn't aware yep. if I carry on talking. Um, sure. But yeah, I, I, love, I love your story in terms of, you know, how you, 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 you started your journey and being coming, uh, coming from the non-profit, you know, non-profit organization side of things and then uh, moving along here. So that journey is also being an entrepreneur. So we, let's touch upon that side as well. You know, uh, what the recent few years have showed us of you, you know, that you need to have that entrepreneurial 
hat on as well if you wanted to do certain things right or go about yourself so how was that journey for you were you always the entrepreneurial type or did you have to um you know get a mentorship for it or juggle everything by yourself so how was that journey for you Well I was I've never been a real risk taker to be honest with you. I've got uh I've got four daughters. That's how my hair is this color and what I have left of it. And uh I I always just felt I needed to have a JOB to be able to to provide for them and for my wife as well. And uh at one point in my career I I I would toyed with venturing out in the entrepreneurial world but just didn't just didn't didn't work at that particular time. So I guess now in my now in my life my daughters uh, three of them are growing with jobs one is finishing up her senior year in college and her career path is pretty set and then at the same time this leadership um you know deluge came at me about about how to how to develop leaders and about teaching and training so it really kind of came at the right time for me um I'm 63 I don't think you have to wait till you're 63 to be an entrepreneur I would suggest starting earlier but But I guess it points out that you can do it whenever you choose to do it. And what really hit me this last uh, February of 2022 or so, I started looking at my calendar and looking at my job, my leadership calendar, looking at my job calendar, and they were really starting to get some way in conflict. And I had to really make a decision on what I wanted to do because I, I used my own vacation time to build my business on a part-time basis. but i felt that if i really wanted to follow my passion which was again leadership and and running my own business i had to step away from my job to be able to do that so november 4th was my last day in the, in the job world left on my own terms we had a great transition plan and i actually left a great job i was with the porch county business council a chamber of commerce economic development organization and i uh, decided decided to step out and the question the two things the two questions that friends asked me one friend said do you want to live your dream or somebody else's. So that one really hit me in the side of the head. It's like, yeah, it's it's time for me to live my dream. Again, not that other things I did were bad, but it was time to live my dream. The other one was the other gentleman asked. He said, "Todd, you've been spending the last four and a half years your time, your investment, your money, time away from family and friends. Why not now? Right? Why not why not do it now on a full-time basis?" So I made that jump and and now here we are sitting today talking because I'm not in my job. I'm in my entrepreneurial business but it, it's it is challenging but i guess the point is i've had good mentors along the way good people in my inner circle to help kind of lead me and and ask me challenging questions to help me with my decisions uh i love i love this actually because you what you've just touched on there is uh, the last bit was the having that inner circle so having good circle around you because uh i and i know from experience myself as well the entrepreneurial journey is quite a lonely journey if you do not include uh people around you you know and a lot of people get that mistaken i mean they that if i set about entrepreneurial journey i need to be doing everything by myself uh and which is okay to a degree yes you need to be you know master of all trades but you do not need to be doing it yourself you need to have an understanding of what needs required you know um social media for example you know uh, and so for the accounting for example and all that so you don't need to do all that stuff yourself but it's needed there right so it's part of it and it's great to have a circle around you and if that circle becomes your inner circle where you connected and network and being challenged by them uh and that that challenge is actually good because that's when you are growing because that could be something you're not thinking of but you're thinking it's an amazing idea because when we do become entrepreneur a lot of people become tunnel vision because that's goal you know that we are just going to hit this 
I'm going to be at the end of this year, I will have, uh, I don't know, uh, X, Y, Z uh, clients. And then, but before you get those X, Y, Z clients, you need to do lots of other things, right? And we tend to forget that when we set about that journey. Uh, and, and that's what it, I mean, I use the uh, analogy of driving because I love driving. So, you know, every time you, you, you're you going to a destination, I don't know, let's say you decided to go to a beach on a, on a lovely Sunday or Saturday. But before you do all that, <laughs> before you do all that, you get into the car and you just set about, right? When you are doing that, but then there's lots of challenges. You've got traffic lights, you've got traffic. You, you have all those challenges. You then get through those challenges before you realize you're like, oh, right, we need to stop and take a break. We need to do this. Otherwise, you would have just been tunnel vision. I need to go to the beach and just start driving up. Unless you have a great, uh, you know, neighborhood where there's no traffic, you probably get there quicker. But I, I, I've never heard anywhere there, there's no traffic. There's always traffic. So yeah, and that's that's how I look at this entrepreneurial journey. That there's always obstacles and challenges, but those challenges and obstacles are there to grow you uh, and connect with your uh, yourself and others around you. Um, so when you started this. Because uh, you said you know you took the you, you hop across to the entrepreneurial journey, um, how was that for you in terms of connecting with other people? Did everybody understand understood what you were doing? I've I've made some great connections over the course of my career, and, and since I've been uh, we've lived here now twenty years or so, so I've really made some good connections. And the other thing that you know I I failed in my life. I was I was fired four times, which is nothing to be proud of. But each one of those times. I learned a little bit more from that fail, and I think that's you know that's what you're alluding to as well. But I also, I also kept good connections with those organizations. And interestingly enough, I've gone back to many of those organizations and people I've worked with before, and they've been part of me in my decision making and my own leadership growth. So I think that the interesting thing is you were talking, Deshaun, what I was thinking of was you know as an entrepreneur, we're so willing to take that risk, right? Because it is a risk, especially if you're a solopreneur. But you take that risk. But yet, sometimes we get so bullheaded that we don't want to reach out to people and ask questions and ask for help and support. And I think that's really important to know. And so as an entrepreneur, you should feel comfortable going to those people. And that, that's what I did. That's what I've done all along my journey. Whether I failed or succeeded, whether I've been fired or promoted, whether I've started a new job, I've always reached out to people and, and, and tried to get some feedback from them to help me along that journey. And if you're going to break out of your comfort zone, which you have to do if you're going to get anywhere in life, if you're gonna, if you're, you're gonna have to be willing to fail, but along the way, there's plenty of people that can help you with your decisions, with achieving those goals. And and I found a lot. I've been really blessed in that regard. I I love this that you touched upon. You know that you've uh, you have failed in life. And I mean, if somebody says that I've been successful all my life, it is I will say there's there's not 100% truth in there. They're just hiding the the failures. You know, everybody has failed at certain thing. You know. Uh, two of my top leaders uh, in terms of um, entrepreneurship, the Richard Branson and uh, Elon Musk, they got countless failures behind them before what we are seeing now. You know, even though they are now uh, on their projects, their projects are still failing before they're gonna, you're going to see the success, right? So Elon Musk, Tesla had countless uh, failures before he launched. Uh, and yet now you hear about it here and there. And now that he's doing this SpaceX mission as well, it's countless failures there, but he's still persistent on it. Uh, and what he's doing is obviously you, you're learning from those failures. Uh, and it is to, okay, I've, I know this now, I can do a little bit better next one. Uh, you can only know that those things by 
willing to fail, be ready for that failure because not, not everything is 100%. We do not know everything, how to do everything, right? Because even though, right, let's say, uh, I'm going to say, I'm going to go way back when we were kids, we didn't know how to actually eat properly table manners, right? <laughs> we will just grab it, everything and stuff it in the mouth like that, right? So then, yeah, yeah, exactly, right? So um, then we got taught table manners, but when we weren't doing table manners, then we had friends, but then we started looking into friends and then they taught us some bits and bobs that they, they knew. So we learned those things, but there were failures that we did not look at. I'm, I'm bringing it very small because we don't pay attention to those little, little things. And those are already failures that we did not count that, right? And now we are, oh, you cannot do this. You cannot do this. It's just because we already know from those mistakes that we made and we failed. And, and it's, I love that you've touched upon because a lot of people are afraid to fail and hence they, uh, they drop out way before their entrepreneurial journey is about to just take off uh, because it just becomes a little bit challenging. What, what do you think on that? Absolutely. Yeah, we, we, have to, we have to face little challenges. And I've had, again, not only with the jobs I mentioned, but even in my training and, and speaking, I've, I've had those moments or I've had those challenges. And uh, typically when I reach back out to people, we work through them. And even, even in a training recently where, where I was, where the, the, the uh, human resources person said, hey, Todd, we've got we to gotta put a stop on this. We've got to readjust it because I got a couple comments. So that's fine, right? I mean, that's I, I want to give people something valuable. I want, like I said at the beginning, I want to add value to others. The only way I can do that is by talking to people. And what I've what I've learned from that is when I do those opportunities, whether I'm speaking in front of an audience or, or coaching an individual or or training a group, is is asking as many questions on the front end so I can learn more about that. And then even after it's over, there's still some things you can learn from it. So it's a continual process. You know, if you're if you're a sports fan, just think of, you know, if you're a soccer fan or basketball or whatever sport, you know, all, all those people miss a lot of shots, have let goals go by, have missed passes, but they get up, they tighten their shirt or shorts or shoes, whatever, and they and they plug at plug away at. It. And that that's kind of the attitude you have to take. That you know if you become a failure, that's a different thing. Because then there's a persistence there. And you're probably not reaching out to people to get that kind of help and support, whether it's a, a coach or a mentor or, or someone in your inner circle. So it's just it's just, you know, feeling comfortable. You don't want to you don't want to get comfortable with it, but it's like it's OK to fail. When I was when I was trying to learn how to walk, I fell in my butt a thousand times. But I got every time, you know, just like eating food like you talked about. There's always that chance to improve and get better. And that's what it really should be about. I 100% agree, 100% agree. So in your journey to uh, coach the leadership, because this is something that I, when I was in, well, I, I still am back in the corporate world uh, in, in, in London now. So that's always needed, you know, for the leadership to understand the, because as you mentioned, the, the bottom level of uh, people, you know, so I call them the, the foot, soldier, foot soldiers who are actually out there doing the, the, the bidding for the leaders, right? So who are up uh, leading, but even though, uh, you know, they, they have hidden misses. So what, what's that like for you? So what kind of uh, sessions that you do uh, with them? What kind of uh, coaching is this for them? Well, one, one example would be I'm working at a, a meat producing company and we actually put together uh, a group of frontline workers or foot soldiers, as you may call them, the people who are, who are doing the real work. We put a team of them together, about 20 of them, and we've been walking through this process of helping them with their with their corporate culture, with how, how people are getting along, with with getting rid of drama in the workplace, with with helping them fight through fails because they they make fails as well when they're on their job. 
but I think I think you really said it well that you have to have those frontline workers involved in those involved in those decisions. I've been in some other companies where I've worked with uh, DISC training, D-I-S-C training. It's a behavioral communication assessment. And we've been working with teams. I've been working with teams now to help them improve their communication with each other. Yeah, we all can talk. But communication is about listening, about active listening, about engaging with somebody where they're at. It's not that I have to change who I am or my style, but, like, I need to respect your styles, Vishan, and, and, and kind of meet you part way. And if we can get that mutual respect going together, that really helps us in, in our growth as an individual within the company, and that's going to help our company grow. And it's it's been amazing to, to see the results and, and things that people are willing to share when they just sit down in a comfortable setting and have a conversation about what's going on in their particular, in their department or with themselves. Uh, and I guess the other part, too, is that, you know, talking about the workplace, we all bring in baggage to the workplace, right? Maybe we had a fight with our spouse. Maybe, you know, something fell through. Maybe our, our flight was canceled. We didn't get home in time from Christmas because of all these flights being canceled, whatever the case might be. But people come into work with that baggage. And as, as supervisors and leaders and businesses, we have to respect that because we all come into work with those challenges, right? We all have those challenges. So it gets to be that point where it's really, it's really a respect and you develop that trust. And I think trust is the base level, the foundational level in a workplace for, for allowing things to happen and progress and grow and make your business bigger and better. Just like as an entrepreneur, trust is important for me with my inner circle and those people. I establish those relationships and they're going to help me grow, whether it's as an entrepreneur, a solopreneur, or as somebody working in, a, in the business setting. I, I, I love this and, and the way you were using, you know, that you're getting everybody involved uh, in decision making or just being heard. Uh, and, I, and I love that, you know, if you just have that conversation, because uh, I come across quite a, quite a lot of time that um, the way, you know, because if you have people working in your company, uh, I'll, I'll come across how the people word as well, because it's how you talk as well. You know, as you said, everybody can talk, but it's how you delivering that conversations uh, is also matters, right? So uh, there is a manager, for example, who would say, uh, or, or a team leader or someone supervisor, he works for me, right? But he's, he's not working for you. Or, or if you, even if you're a company owner, he's, he's working for me. Or when you worked with me, so he's referring to as, oh, you, when you were under me. Uh, and whereas then you're making that person feel whatever he's contributing, oh, it's just for you only, right? Or maybe, uh, you know, the employee or the team member might be just looking at the bigger picture. It's like he loves the company and is doing everything that the company says, right? So, you know, his ethos is there. But that one person, so a lot of, I've, I've read this somewhere that a lot of employees or team members, they leave just because of that one bad manager, not because of the company. 99% uh, of the times is, is the person who is managing them. Is that correct? I've seen so many graphics with that same exact thing that people don't leave companies, people leave people. And if you don't have that relationship, if you don't respect the people, and I realize you have to have some sort of an organizational structure in a company because ultimately there has to be one person who makes the final decision. But in lieu of that, if, if I, when I was, I was president of the Catholic schools in my area here, and one of the first things I did when I started was that we were in, I think, five different buildings, six different buildings. I got around and went into all those buildings. I high-fived the kids. I stuck my head in the, into the teacher's lawns. I went into classrooms. Sometimes I interrupted classes even. But I developed those relationships. It was like I'm not the, the big high boss on high, and you are all a bunch of my people that work for me. 
we're in this together. It's it's got to be a team approach. Now, when it comes to making a decision about the budget, yeah, ultimately that would be something that I would have to decide with a lot of advice from the people that that are working with me. But it's that it's that with that team approach, and that one of my one of my five core values is teamwork. And I think it's it's critical in the workplace. There's times where I've different I've done different events and different activities, different jobs I've had. I've been a head basketball coach. I picked up the mop and mopped the, and, and swept the floor, right? It's, it's not above me. And I tell you what, the, 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 other, the maintenance staff loved that because they saw that I was willing to be a team player, and they worked th that much harder to keep that gym clean because I, I worked hard for them to help them when they were in a tough spot. So it's really, it's really that give and that take. And if you come into leadership with the idea of people working for you, you're going to have a long, tough career. But if you come in with the idea of, of people working with you and, and working towards that common goal, and that's where, again, things like disc assessments and, and working on things like core value, your inner circle, all those things can be valuable in helping to build up that team. And ultimately, you have the trust. And then once you achieve that trust, then you can have conflict that's, that's good. You can have constructive conflict because that's, that is important. But if you have the kind of conflict in some places that creates drama and people slamming down phones and shutting, slamming doors shut. That's not good either, but you have to have that trust element, like you said first, you know, that team concept that can lead to trust, and then you can have that constructive conflict. And, boy, then look out because that company is going to grow incredibly. Uh, I love that. And, and you know, you, you touched upon uh, the concept quite often. So in terms of your, your coaching sessions, so what does that look like? So if uh, a company were to hire you, do, so how do you proceed? Is it a set style that you go or you build a custom one for each of individuals? I, I, well, I have a basic framework that I work with then, of course, but, but I really want to work with a company and customize it what's for them. Because like one company I work with now is, has 10,000 employees. Another one has 200 employees. One manufactures meat. One, one manufactures generators. I've worked with school districts. So every even even within the same industry, the companies are so different. So I try. I sit down and I want to talk to the people. Matter of fact, I've been working on a, a proposal today with a business and really been tweaking it a lot to to fit their needs. So that's the first step. Once I get in there, there are some tools that I use. I use different tools for different businesses, different situations, depending upon what what their needs are. But again, I have a lot of conversations on the front end with those companies to figure out what it is that they specifically need. I think the key element in all this is gets, it gets back to, to listening and being an active listener and really asking questions. Good leaders ask great questions. Matter of fact, I think that's the title of one of Maxwell's books, but I don't want to steal anything from him and get in trouble. But, but, but I think that's the truth. When you're in a conversation, just like we're having now, you know, you're asking me questions and you and the listeners are hopefully you're learning something from it. But, you know, that, that, and that's the same place in the work setting. If I'm working one-on-one -on -one with a CEO or an owner, I'm going to ask him or her a lot of questions. And you know what happens is they end up solving their own problem. I'm not in there to solve the problem. I'm in there to help facilitate and bring out stuff in them that they didn't realize and kind of piece these things together. And you can do that in a one-on-one -on -one setting. It can be in a group setting, small group setting. It can be in larger workshops. So there's a lot of different ways you can get at that. But again, it just kind of depends on where the company is needed. And, and like you said, I, I really like to customize things. There's too many, there's too many off-the-shelf cookie cutter, online, fill in the blank, or not even fill in the blank, check the box leadership programs. And you know, I guess they serve a purpose, but but seriously, you gotta customize things. You gotta find out where people are at or where the company's at if you're gonna help them improve. 
I, I love this last bit you mentioned. You know, the uh, off the shelf or tick tick boxes, right? It's bit. It's bit. I'll touch upon YouTube, for example. You know, there's so much stuff on YouTube for people to like just search and, and go and and do it. But does that relate to you specifically? Because that's just a generic video, right? And what you are looking for, it might touch upon the surface of it, but you might need a customized exactly what you needed right and that happens with the back and forth questions uh, and replies you know back and forth uh, interaction so we now specifically know what is happening with your uh, plan or whatever that is you you're heading with and then we can say okay have you looked into all these areas right and because of that video or whatever they had um, searched on youtube would be just a specific generic just saying oh yeah if this then that happens right and and that's oh, what happens if i I know this, but what after? Because uh, I come across sometimes because I, I Google, Google stuff and YouTube stuff and they're like, oh, I know this already. But what I'm in between these two, what, what's in the middle? Where, where is that? And that you cannot find that unless you reach out or connect with people like yourself, right? So you need you need that uh, connection there. So you need to reach out. Um, in, in So in regards to coaching side of things, uh, what do you recommend? Because a lot of people, you know, they... Uh, think of coaches and they think oh I don't need a coach or uh, as an individual solopreneur for example or uh, a business you might say well what is this coach going to do for my business that I cannot handle myself uh, what 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 do you say to them well if, if you're a solopreneur and not making seven eight figures you need coaching and even those coaches even the great coaches have coaches I work with some people. I I I I pay some 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 nice dollars, not huge, but nice dollars to some people, and I'm on calls like this, and they're telling me about the coaches they talk to. So I really think I think we I think we all need coaches. I, I think you know you have to be, you know you have to be careful about who you get involved with. Like what I always do is I'll offer a you know 30 minute strategy session. Let's get on Zoom or if we're if we're close enough or I'll fly in, whatever the case might be. And let's talk about your strategy because some of it has to be a fit, right? I'm not going to fit with everybody, but I think I can fit with a lot of people. I'll say that. But anyway, <laughs> uh, you have to figure out what that what that what that fit is really like. But um, I, I think really all of us, and that that's one thing that I've really learned. For example, I I've got a website out there, and I know that technology is not my thing. So I could have taken probably uh, nine hours of classes to build my own website, right? Could have, probably could have done that. I, I got a decent head on my shoulders. But instead, what I did is I hired somebody else to do it for me, and it was a friend I knew, and I had done some things for them, and they helped me out, so it didn't cost me a, a lot of money to do that. So, you know, I, w I was willing to reach out. It's, it's really about too often, I think, we, we, we tell people to, you got to build up your weaknesses. You, you got to build up your weaknesses. Well, I, I like the attitude where you build your strengths and then find people to fill in your weaknesses. And that's what I did. Technology is one of my weaknesses. Matter of fact, we got on beforehand and we did a test call just to make sure that Todd could figure it out. And you made it so easy and click a couple buttons. So you're a great, you're a great coach yourself. But but I think I think we have to be able and willing to do that, to fill in our weaknesses with people who have those strengths. And again, back to what we were talking about before, Zishan, that's our that's where our inner circle can really come in, finding those people to fill in, to fill in those holes. And I, I love this. I love this. And I think someone's, uh, someone's a fan of yours uh, already uh, put down your uh, website there as well. So yeah, you, oh, uh, guys nice. who are watching, <laughs> guys who are watching now live with us can, uh, can head over to there. Uh, otherwise, what's the website, uh, um, Todd? Because uh, this will be posted as a 
as a live video later so they won't see the messages or it will also go on as a podcast uh, a few months later so if you just want to say what, what the address of your website is okay well if if i have to if you're going to make me say it i said <laughs> cuz the person who put that on there is the one who helped me develop the website she did she did all the work so that's that's I'm glad to see she's on the call but yeah my website is uh, it's tadkukan.com so it's t o d d k u c k k ahn.com so it's my first name and last name together and then .com so got a lot of great information on there and i appreciate uh, angel you know reaching out on the call and, and posting that for us but uh, yeah and if you, and if you want to sit down and have a strategy session sometime just shoot the breeze chat um, i'm in the middle of writing a book right now so i've been interviewing a lot of people just just like having conversations about leadership maybe you want to do that with me get on my get on my website or go to my calendly uh calendly.com with my name and uh love to talk to people about that too. So you you found that guy so yeah if you if you think you wanted to have that session with Todd go ahead on to the website and we can you know get you involved in in the part of the book right so it's it's all going to help as well. So oh, I yeah. have, I think I've I came across um that you do have uh some sort of um program coming up where you're offering a um group session or some sort of i, I think it's similar like, it's, it's next year something is in in the pipeline right because i came yeah. across he was asking me to put details and you can put it in is it is a paid event yeah so yeah so i i i'm calling it an experience i don't know whether to call it a workshop or a seminar or a conference or a retreat or whatever so i'm calling it experience but yeah january 21st and the 23rd it's it's a live event uh, and uh yeah it's called mastering core leadership I'm bringing in a speaker from California, Georgia, a couple from Delaware, and uh the part that I'm going to talk mostly about is is the five-step roadmap for a mindset shift. And what that gets into is first your core values, I mentioned one of mine is teamwork, the others are honesty, trust, honesty and enthusiasm. So we'll we'll work through some exercises and get people centered on their core values. Then we're going to look at as I talked about before, strengths and weaknesses. and how you can build on those and from there we'll talk about how to utilize your inner circle and then step 4 is breaking out of your comfort zone step 5 then is going to a disc assessment it's a 15 minute real simple thing you take spits out a 30 page report and gives you all kinds of ideas about how you can grow and if you do it in the workplace with others it can be how your team can grow as well so i guess a lot of the things i kind of talked about are really part of that a part of that five step roadmap and and that's really something I mentioned I started, you know, four and a half years ago with uh, Maxwell, and that's one of the first things I did when I started with a group coaching session was we did our core values, and it was it was just it was great because I, you know, everybody says, oh yeah, I think I know mine. Well, this is a real exercise that takes you through it, and you come up with, and I I, I tried a year later again with the same exercise because I thought, well, they'll be different. They really weren't. I mean, your core values is what's really on the inside. It's really what you what you value. It's who you are. It's foundational to you. Other things may change where you live, where you work, where you play, but your core values are really foundational. And and that got me off to my start on my entrepreneurial journey. And um, it, it's a basis really to get anybody else started to really shift their mindset. You know, we. I'm sorry to be rambling here, but you know, with with everything that's going on in the world, there's all this change and uncertainty going on. And you know what? We had changed on certainty before COVID, 
We had change and uncertainty before 9-11. We've had change and uncertainty our entire lives, and I don't see it changing anytime real soon. So it's, it's how, we, how we battle that, how we help people through that, and that's a lot of what this five-step roadmap helps people to do. And I, I love this, uh, you know, and you've already answered a couple of questions that were coming up in my mind, but you've already answered you know, that. <laughs> That's what, uh, do, do you, you know, do you think that uh, the core values change as time changes, you know, but as you said, you, it's because it's your core value, you stay the same. Uh, the, the core would be always the same. Your, your location might change, so you might adapt to that area that you're in, but the core value will be still the same. You're a nice person. You'll always be a nice person wherever you are, right? I'm going to simplify it to that way. And, uh, and also, yeah, change. A lot, of, a lot of people are afraid of change. A lot of uh, leaders are afraid of change uh, because they do not know how to handle their teams. Uh, so, so, so to say with the change, but we do go through these changes throughout day in, day out, every day. We are going through those changes. Uh, but yeah, these are some major changes that you mentioned there as well. And, and it's been, uh, we are heading into 2022 now. And, you know, we still talk about COVID, right? We still talk about it, right? And now it's become part of our life. Uh, for me, that, that's how I think. It's not going away anywhere soon. It's, it's just part of your daily routine now, daily conversation is just going to stay there until it be, we become, become so used to it that we, we just don't think about it anymore. Yeah. Oh, COVID. Yeah, we all have it. Right. <laughs> that's, that's what we got people to say. Have you, have you taken the jab? Have you taken the, the boosters that you did today? That, that's will be like a normal conversation after a while. Um, when that happens, I don't know. Right. But there, it will come a day where everybody will just, shrug it off now people are talking about it because it's, it's been talked about so much time and that's the shift and the change um where you come in for for a lot of companies right because there's a lot of uh um people taking time off a lot of uh companies struggling with uh keeping the workforce in uh because they need that time they need that flexibility uh so they need to adjust uh are you able to help with those side of things as well when it comes to thinking of the change yeah, change and uncertainty is, is an area I work a lot in. And again, I think it gets back to your your base, who you are as a person, and then how you work with with your teams. You know, I think one thing too that we want to make sure we remember is that there've been a lot. There's been a lot of tragedy, obviously, with COVID. I, I lost a very good college buddy. Many people have lost family members, and and neither one of us are are trying to be disrespectful about that. But I think it just it's something that's there, and we can't fix on our own. We've got. We've got doctors that are hopefully doing the right things. We've got governments that are hopefully doing the right things. And hopefully individuals are making the right decisions to, to impact this. But it's going to be there. And, and, and tomorrow, something else will take over the news. And, and next year, something else will take over the news. And that's, that's how news shows sell. I don't, I don't watch the news anymore. I can get enough crap on Facebook or social media or, or LinkedIn, any of them, you know, whatever. And I can sort through that a lot quicker. I can select what I want to see and I can select what I want to feed myself. So I think, but that whole idea of change and being able to pivot. So uh, last year in, in March, when they shut down uh, businesses in our community, in our state, it, it hurt us because I was at a chamber of commerce and chamber of commerce is all about networking, getting together with people shaking hands, hugging, high fives, right? And we, we had to stop doing that. So we had thanks, thankfully to the same person who introduced me to Maxwell, he was working for us and he said, all right, we got to go on Zoom, guys. This is what we got to do. We got we to get on Zoom. So we did. And it really helped us get through the pandemic. We had, we had to pivot. Now we're doing some things 
both Zoom and live, some some live only, but you have to be able to pivot. And regardless of what, what the challenge is, you look at the tragedy, there was recently a, a bad sweep of tornadoes in, in the south central United States through Kentucky. And, you know, bless all those people that have been impacted by that, but they're having to pivot. They're going to have to figure out a new and different way of living. And, and those, not always to that level, but those things come along, uh, you know, very often. Um, I've got a, a daughter who is a nurse, and she sees what goes around in the hospital as, as it relates to COVID. But she's kind of like, you know, that's just what it, what it is, and we have to accept it. We have to figure out a way to move on and really fight that change and uncertainty. And, and again, a lot of the core value type things can help, can help get at that. Or just having conversations, having civil conversations in the workplace um, can be helpful as well. Uh, that's that's wonderful and thank you for very much for uh, touching upon that as well you know uh it definitely you know no disrespect to people out there yeah there's been lots of tragedy you know i've i've come across some my within my family members as well but it is something that I've, you know it's been said it's, it's, it's as you said said is we have to just accept it as it is and find a way to to grow with it right so it it's that's what it is uh, and and i look at it as, as as a new challenge every time so okay what this challenge is showing me and what can I do to pivot or grow with, right? So when you are pivoting, you are pretty much growing. You are looking at other avenues to then still continue to what you do or expand yourself and do more. Uh, and, and this is where, you know, uh, what I want to really touch upon is, is what are you looking at this as a tragedy only or is it tragedy, but what are my opportunities to keep myself going as well? Because at the end, we need to keep ourselves going, right? If we keep ourselves going, we are helping everybody around us go as well. Because we do not know who's, who's looking up at us and saying, oh, if Todd can do it, if Zishan can do it, I can do it too, right? And we, and we, can't, we can't get too fixated on what we can't control. So we have to be able to, to be willing to look ahead. And again, there are tragedies. There are other things that are simple fails. I mean, based on what we're talking about, myself losing my job four times is or losing 40 is nothing compared to some of the tragedy, but we have to figure out how to take that next step, how to put that next foot in front of the other. Um, and, and one of the simplest things that I, that I've come up with and I usually end my, and I'm not saying we're ending now, but when I end my, when I end my speeches, I, I challenge people, I have them hold up the right hand and I say, repeat after me, I Taku Khan do solemnly swear to commit one intentional act of kindness on a daily basis and be intentional about it. You hear the expression, commit random acts of kindness, no, I want you to commit intentional acts of kindness. Hold the door for somebody. Smile for somebody. Pick up the wrapping paper that's blowing across the parking lot. Put the shopping cart away. Help an elderly person unload their groceries. Really simple things. And if you do that and challenge somebody else to do that, and they challenge people to do that, over the course of like a month or less, we can impact the entire world. Now, that's freaky, stupid, scary. But it's, it's, it's that simple, but yet it's that complicated. Because we don't, we don't have always have that consciously on on the front of our minds. What can we do to help other people? And 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 everybody gets through a, a crisis or a tragedy differently, and we need to be thinking about about how we do that. I remember listening to a, a webcast that um, Simon Sinek and John Maxwell did, and back when we had a couple of those significant um, uh, racial incidents in our in our country, uh, Simon just decided, you know what? I'm just going to call my friends. He's got a lot of different, you know, I'm just going to call my friends and have an uncomfortable conversation because we got to figure out how to get through this, right? And it gets back to our inner circle. 
talk to people about it, right? When you when you when you when you, when tragedy impacts you, when you have a crisis, when you have a challenge, when you have to pivot, when something uncomfortable is going on, reach out and have a conversation with somebody, or bring somebody into your company to help you have those conversations that maybe you're not comfortable handing. That's 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 fine. I kind of went on and on. I think I got your question. I'm not sure. No, no, no. You, 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 you've, you've got the uh, uh, question there 100% answered and some more as well, which is actually great because um, you straight away answered the thing I'm already thinking to ask you straight away. So I'm like, yeah, that's good. That's good. So, uh, and, I, and I love that you've, you know, you've included that um, bring on the person if you're finding it uh, challenging or uncomfortable to, you know, uh, and we all look at things differently. That was that what makes us human. And that's what we are, you know, looking at things differently. If we were all looking at the stuff at the same way, you know, it, it would not work, right? There'd be no innovations. There'd be no, uh, nothing new out there because we'd be all looking at the stuff with the same eye, with the same mind, with the same formula, whatever we want to look at. Um, but it's good to now involve others if you feel, um, oh no, I don't think I can, I, this is very uncomfortable for me. I cannot have that conversation. Or if I do try to have that conversation, I'll just, you know, just make it into a, something where it's not. Because uh, a lot of people do that, right? And it's it's okay. But uh, what I what I'm hearing is also is to accept that 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 is the what we were mentioning way in the beginning of the episode was the weakness, right? So that's okay. That's not my strength. That is a weakness, but your weakness is also your strength by accepting it. Now you know it, right? Okay, I know it. Like I know I cannot, uh, you know, you can ask me to go out uh, or jog with you or run. I'm like, no, that is not me. I cannot jog or run, but I make up for it for walking. I can walk for five miles without having no problem, right? And, and I know some of my friends who cannot walk two, uh, one mile with me. And they're like, oh, are we there yet? I'm like, no, we, we, got, oh, we need to do five miles. So, but they can jog. I cannot jog. So like, okay, but so there's a substitute, right? Um, but this is where you need to find out what can you do and get the same result at the end, right? Because we're all trying to get that result. And I, I, I love this, uh, or what you've uh, concluded with. And obviously what you said to, uh, what you say to your um, clients and, and uh, team when you were ending it, that, that is brilliant. I, I was going to ask what you wanted to say when we, uh, end this. So is there something different you wanted to add as we wrap this uh, call up now? <laughs> well, I think I think you brought up some, a couple of really good things that I'll just I'll add on to, I guess, rather than necessarily a big, a big wrap, but, but it really is, is becoming self-aware. That's the first thing. You have to become self-aware of, of who you are, what are your strengths, all the things we talked about. And then you have to be willing to, to accept support and help from others. And that, that's a hard thing to do because, again, we have to we have to we have to expose ourselves to that. But if you have a good self awareness of who you are, realize where you need help, and, and can, then can go reach out and get that help. I think that's really important. Sometimes this feels like we're talking about you know puppy dogs and butterflies and all this woo stuff. But it's so fundamental to to relationships, whether it's in the workplace or out of the workplace. That self awareness and and being able to reach out for people. I, I love that. And yeah, thank you very much for uh, for touching upon that as well. Self-awareness is, is something uh, gets thrown about uh, quite a, a lot. And I think it's lost its meaning, you know, because a lot of people are, yeah, we, we, and, you know, rainbows and things. But like, it's a lot more than that as well. Uh, it, it's, it's just to connect with, with yourself and be aware of, uh, what I usually always say is be aware of your surroundings. So a lot of things are happening around you, uh, which are also 
in conjunction to what you've been doing throughout your life, right? Nothing is happening to you or around you at random. Uh, I always say that it's nothing is at random. Everything <laughs> has a purpose. Everything has a connection to what you had said or what you have done or what you are going to do. So everything are connected uh, in one way or another. It's just up to us how busy we are to see that or how busy we are to, you know, it's a bit like, uh, as you said, you know, social media, Facebook feed, you're just like scrolling through it and you're just grabbing onto what you want to see, what you don't want to see. Uh, and that's why it is. Oh, it's all happening around us. You just need to tune into what is related to you and what you are able to do, continue with and accept and then move forward. So I would like to say thank you very much, uh, Todd, for your time today. And thank you very much for inspiring millions of people. Now, I'm sure this was a, a great episode for people who are watching us now live and the people who will listen to this on the podcast later as well. And thank you very much. And so people who are watching this live or going to watch this, uh, listen to it later. Uh, if you found this episode inspiring, you, you know, you had a, a light bulb moment or a spark in your mind. It's our duty now to share this with uh, anyone who came into your mind when you were watching this or listening, or you, you thought it was an inspiring episode. It's now our duty to share it with others not to keep it with ourselves because we do not know who's just woken up today or going to bed uh, thinking of a better tomorrow or today. So I will recommend everybody, if you had anything that you liked in the video and you thought, wow, that's amazing, it's our duty now to share it. If you just thought of that, the episode was great or inspiring. And thank you very much, Todd, again uh, for today. We will see everybody else next Tuesday. Is there anything else you would like to add before we wrap up? I just want to thank you. That, that was a powerful message you gave at the end. Yeah, share this with others who can get some help. And put your oxygen mask on first. Take care of yourself so you can help others even more. Wonderful. Thank you very much, Todd. And thank you very much, everybody else. Uh, we will see you next Tuesday as well, uh, just like now, uh, with an amazing uh, coach, entrepreneur, healer. You do not know who is there, but it would be an, an amazing person. Thank you very much, Todd. Bye.